<laughs> and while typing this out, I realized that this is still only one side of the story. Oh my God, I'm going to die writing all of it. Hello, Hellions, and welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? New to the pod? Find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes by searching Who the Hell is This For? And subscribe to get us downloaded directly to your phone every week. If you want to keep up with what we're doing in between episodes, you can find us at WTHITFPod on Twitter. Want us to review a movie you like? Leave a review on iTunes and send a screenshot, and we'll review one movie of your choice. But we've taken long enough here. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Who the Hell is This For? Uh, this week we will be discussing Christopher Nolan's 2014 movie Interstellar. But first, we will get into what we've been watching over the past week. Jeff, what have you been watching? So I watched Interstellar. Um, yes. <laughs> I finished it at 1 o'clock last night, so I'm a little loopy this morning. But no, we also, I watched, I rewatched Kill Bill Volume 1 this week after we did the Tarantino pod last weekend. Um, and then what else have I been watching? Oh, I finished The Raid. Um, I, oh. I watched like half of it, and then I finished it this week. Really good. Um, you have to be in the mood to watch The Raid the whole way through. Yeah. It is... <laughs> unrelenting but it's very good have you watched the what people have referred to as a spiritual successor of it i know it actually has a sequel too but uh the new movie that just came out the night comes for us uh no but i've i've heard that's really good it's like the indonesian version of the raid was the raid indonesian yep super indonesian okay (laughs) they don't speak then this one might also be just indonesian as well okay i've heard that one's phenomenal yeah i'll try it give it a shot riley what about you i've been really slacking this week um (laughs) you burn it all out on that like 12 movie week you had (laughs) yeah well so i watched a few sporting events i know k-state played early in the week okay so that took up a night then the seahawks played on thursday bulls were on national tv on friday how did that go uh the seahawks won (laughs) (laughs) Deer noises. Go Bucks! <laughs> um, the Bulls really showed flashes of excellence, which is very promising for yeah. our future seasons. Flashes of excellence. I mean, if you're in a tank, that's really all you can hope for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, other than that, in the meantime, I've been watching really crappy, this really crappy reality TV show called Love Island. Oh, shoot! We've been watching Love Island. Have you really? Are yeah. you season one? No, we finished season one. Okay, I'm almost done with season one, I and it is like crack. It is. All right, Catherine, apparently we need to start watching Love so Island. So it's this British TV show um, where they take six singles, I wasn't going to say this girls. on the pod, but since you're watching Oh, yeah. It no, because I'm, I'm all about it. Um, take six guys, six girls, throw them in a mansion or a villa oh, for a summer I've seen an episode of this. and basically they're you know they're all hot and they get drunk and hook up and <laughs> the hot. objective of the show is to be the last couple remaining because the last couple wins fifty thousand dollars anyway i don't know what it is about that show <laughs> but you just can't stop watching it it is it's like way trashier than like bachelor in paradise yeah, but or it's like the same storylines, you know. Yeah, All right, kinda. yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a watch. Like new people come in and break up old relationships, and <laughs> the producers of this show were just like they, they're just straight up evil. Yeah, 
Yeah. And everything's, like, they all have British accents, so, like, even though it's trashy, it feels, like, a little bit classier. <laughs> but it is the type of thing where, like, if you watch, like... If you binge it, you're gonna, and, like, really try not to speak with an English accent. Yeah. Oh, I breath... It, mi- it lots melts of your bruv. brain. Lots of bruv? It oh, yes. <laughs> lots of bruv, isn't it? <laughs> I learned... You know you know how we always say, how you doing? Like, when you see somebody, they always say, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and I always thought they were, like, actually asking each other, like... Hey, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's weird. Well, they do, because then, you know, like, some of the people who kind of just, like, have a mental breakdown because they're with the same people 24-7 uh-huh. for six weeks. It's good. It's just good. Yeah. Honestly, now I just... Well, one, I'm definitely going to start watching this show. Uh, two, now I just really want to watch Kingsman again. Yeah. Who the fuck are you, bro? <laughs> Yeah, kind of. I yeah. just need that in my life. I would say everything, yeah. So does season two hold up to... So I, I watched most of season one with Sarah, and then she's been kind of watching season two uh-huh. um, without me, and I'll pop in for an episode or two. Gotcha. But I, like, I have a really hard time like continuing to binge on it. Like I need a break. I um, watch about like one or two, because they are like hour-long episodes. Okay. So yeah. the way they set it up over in England... A binge could be dangerous. I was going to say, it's like... So like how they set it up is they film it, for six weeks straight, but they play it the next day, so it's on every night oh, in the shit. summer for six weeks, and then oh like every God. Saturday is like the recap show. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't. They I guess they don't do reruns of it at all, um, which I guess makes sense because they don't really do that for Bachelor of Paradise either. But it's like it's like forty episodes, forty or fifty episodes. Oh my God! And you can skip every every six sixth one yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Okay, but that, yeah, I learned that after episode six. I'm like, what the hell? I've watched. I've seen all of this. Yeah, when are they actually going to start the episode? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's get back to Interstellar and not make this the Love Island episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Well, Catherine and I also watched some movies this week. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys actually watch. <laughs> you guys watch movies too. So Catherine and I, we made it to the theater a couple times this week. We saw. One her one of her pick, one of my pick. Uh, so that was Fantastic Beasts two. We actually also we also saw it last night, so I'm curious to see. Oh, what really? okay, yeah. Uh, and so we also saw Friday night. We had an awesome opportunity to go to Screamland Armor and watch the original Suspiria with the score performed live by Goblin, who did that score uh, for the movie. Really, really cool experience. I know Greg D. from uh, Nerds and Nostalgia was there. I talked to him a little bit. Not to not to give too much away, but keep an ear out for something coming from them soon. It was a really, really cool experience. I know Broadcath wasn't as big into it. She liked the music part of it, but the the fact is it's an Italian horror movie from the 70s, which if you are familiar with it, you know why that's a hard thing to try and introduce somebody to and if you're not uh you learn pretty quickly italian horror has a lot of focus on cuts between very fake looking gore to very extreme gore uh really weird kind of stilted acting and a lot of overdubbing so for somebody who's new to all that that can be really 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 off-putting uh but i'll go ahead i'll let Catherine talk a little bit about fantastic beast 2 first the crimes of Grindelwald. Oh. Grindelwald. Oh, Grindelwald. Clark Griswold. Clark Griswold. <laughs> Clark Griswold. <laughs> You'll poke your eye out. 
That's 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 Christmas nope, story. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really liked it, even though Tyler didn't. Wasn't a fan of it, but if Johnny Depp could be removed from it, mm. it would be perfect. I like Johnny Depp as an actor, obviously not as much as a person, but I think him and his like fan following and his style doesn't match up with the Harry Potter world. Yeah, I went up. You know. Yeah, like, I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, huh. And there was a couple <laughs> scenes where he, you could tell he was trying to be like creepy Grindelwald guy, but he needed to be more Voldemort vibe, and he was just all Johnny Depp. So, so not to spoil too much of the movie, but is that where the uh, the Elder One comes into play? Because I think they show that in a trailer. They've, they've shown it, but they're not. They haven't addressed it and really? what it is. Oh, yeah. so there's going to be more. Yeah. There's, there's a there's, third. There's movie. definitely oh. going to be three movies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think she said she wanted to make five. Well, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I will say. So I'm curious to see what you think about this. This movie to me. Um, I th- I thought it was entertaining. I had a good. T- it's like two hours and fifteen minutes. So uh-huh. it was there were parts where you were like, "Oh, this movie's long," but um, I thought it served. I'm really excited for the next one. Mm-hmm. Like everything. It was happened- definitely a second movie. Yeah, like, a second I, in the series. But I think some of my issues could be resolved depending on how the yeah. next movie. Yes, yeah. well, that's exactly how I feel. Some of the reveals in this one, <laughs> especially the reveal at the end. I don't necessarily know if I believe. I think that could have just been Grindelwald manipulating a certain person. But, I don't know. I liked it. And one of Tyler's comments was that there wasn't enough beasts in it. There weren't. But... (laughs) The ones that were weren't even fantastic. (laughs) I actually thought that too. I mean, I don't know. It's, but he had, he had to be under the radar because he wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. There's don't like know. there's like three different movies that they made. Like there's yeah, like, you know what I mean. There's there are like very, three very distinct movies. Like within this movie, and I think if they would have cut one of the plot points out and shored up the other two, mm-hmm. I think this would have been like a fantastic movie. Ha. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was so much going on, so which I have a problem with. Again, I don't want to give away too much because it's it's in theaters, but yeah, it's a, the, in its first weekend in theaters. Okay, so I'm gonna try to ask this in a very specific way to not okay. give away to listeners because I'm just curious. Huh. The um the Lita uh-huh. storyline uh-huh. of the things that were going on, I thought was the least important. What did you think? Yeah, mm-hmm. just because they spent so much time on that, and I feel like. That mystery character, all that buildup for him to just be part of that storyline. And then know. not be part of that And then not be, re- and then it was irrelevant because he was wrong in the first place. Yeah. You know? But my, my biggest issue was the Lita storyline because there's a particular scene what? in the end where they break down that story. We're trying to be really general, guys. We're yeah. trying really hard. Well, I think <laughs> they, they break down that storyline. I think they could have done a, a lot with her because she's a Lestrange. Yeah. And they didn't do like what I thought they could have done. They didn't do anything with. But yeah, they, yeah. Honestly, they, we'll they down <laughs> if we do it too much more, we'll give it away. But okay. also, they a rare a rare agreement between Jeff and Prodcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it overall. I liked what it set up the third movie for. Yep. But viewing it as a second movie in a series, I thought it was good. But 
I will say one last thing because I wanted to say this. This is like the summation of my feelings about it. Take the good with the bad. It feels a lot like two and a, two hours of J.K. Rowling tweeting fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed yeah, this. I know, but I mean, that's like that's her thing at this point. Is like, I like it. Put it in the movie. <laughs> I like it, and I like money. So. <laughs> Let's make it. Well, no. I th- I'll say the the hard thing about making more movies is that she spent a lot of time with the books, building a world, building mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. There's like a beginning, middle, and end, right? Mm-hmm. Even if she hadn't written it yet, I think she roughly knew where she was going. And maybe yeah. she's already done that for these movies, but it's like there's no there's no backing story to go with these. They're just making it up as yeah. they go. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of these story like origin points for the Fantastic Beast movies they're the backstories for why characters did what they did in, Harry Potter. in the yeah. Harry Potter series and so she had that planned but not to the not detailed enough to make movies out of it so i think having to make those details is where that's yeah. coming from do we well, see that- do we see Jude Law writing his book the Grand Budapest Hotel <laughs> <laughs> we see him writing mm-hmm. Uh, I actually thought Jude Law was really good. Jude yeah. Law is, is my favorite part mm-hmm. of the movie. Gotcha. Which I think people complained about, right? There was some sort of, not backlash, but I think there are people who are like, I don't know if I like Jude Law as Dumbledore. Been, like a better pick or something? I, I was like, is he too handsome? I don't know. What the, I mean, like, what's the problem? He nailed it. And he, <laughs> I liked it. He nailed the attitude you see from Dumbledore, particularly mm-hmm. in the later Harry Potter books and movies, where Dumbledore is very, like, Whenever Dumbledore is under fire from, like, an authority figure, mm-hmm. had that attitude fucking yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Um, but one, my, one last thing, because then we got to get out of this. Um, <laughs> but you were talking about how she, it kind of feels like some of the details are being made up as they go along. And it's, my biggest issue with that was shown with McGonagall being there. Because people had, like tweeted at her like hey we figured out when we think McGonagall was born and when she would have been at Hogwarts as a student and she's like you're right and then in this movie she... well, that's, not, that's different because it's not that hard to figure that out yeah but by no. other stuff and you're if you go on Pottermore uh, I'll just leave it alone right but <laughs> but so they figured out her age and then she was way older than she should have been so that she could be put in the movie as a professor McGonagall wasn't even supposed to have gone through Hogwarts yet at that point. Mm, whatever. Talk about Interstellar. Anyway, so this week we watched Interstellar, <laughs> so we will let Riley get into it with his plot summary. All right. Yeah. Riley's like, finally, a segment for me. All right, buckle up. <laughs> buckle up, people. <laughs> Space. The final frontier, which apparently Matt Damon is slowly conquering himself. <laughs> Our story starts on Earth, and boy is it fading fast. Matthew McConaughey is a struggling farmer, living with his father-in-law, his daughter Murph, and his son, whose name's not really important. (laughs) One morning, Murph comes down talking about how the ghost knocked off her books and broke her dad's Apollo lander. And she thinks it's trying to communicate her. Of course, her dad is skeptical at first because it isn't backed by science. Well, little does he know. (laughs) Fast forward a couple days... I don't know. Time is very loose in this movie. (laughs) A terrible sandstorm comes blowing into town and leaves behind very strange beams in Murphy's room. (laughs) 
Tell it's Sandstorm. Okay, I was like, what are you? And her and her dad. Sound like a cat getting ready to throw it. <laughs> and her and her dad are intrigued by it, so they sit there and study it until they realize that it's gravity that created these beams, and they're making up coordinates. So they go where the coordinates tell them, and Matthew McConaughey gets tased, gets tased by a futuristic square bot. <laughs> when he comes to, he's in an interrogation room where he meets Anne Hathaway's character, Brand, who lets him on, lets him in on Newton's secret fourth law, you can't kill NASA. <laughs> because surprise, surprise, even after the government shut them down, they went underground to continue on with space exploration. So Cooper, Matthew McConaughey, and Brand go into the meeting room where we meet the leader of the expedition, Michael Caine. I thought you were going to say leader of the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Who breaks it down for Cooper that he needs him to pilot a mission to another galaxy to find a new planet so they can save the human race by traveling through this mysterious wormhole that, quote-unquote, they left for them. Kane also mentions that he's already sent out a team of pilots and only three of them have responded with positive results, so they must go and verify that the, that the grass is indeed greener on the other side. <laughs> The only problem with this mission is that it's going to take a little time, and by that I mean somewhere around 80 years. So when Cooper goes to tell Murph that he's leaving, she's not on board with the idea, pleading with him not to go because she figured out that the ghost was knocking out the books that spelled out stay, but being uh, in a stay because of, I think it was Morse, yeah. Morse code, it said stay, but being the bad dad he is, he ignores the message and sets out for space. <laughs> And then I have it here, God, this movie is so long. <laughs> so the team sets off into space, and it's a two-year trip just to get to the wormhole that's by Saturn. Once they get there, they fly into the wormhole, and it's all warped-looking, and everyone is mesmerized, but not as much as Anne Hathaway, who is thumb-wrestling a space ghost, who she, seems, who she deems as they. <laughs> well, the team arrives up on the first planet that's the water planet, where one hour... There equals seven years back home, so time is time is of the essence. Well, they get down there and things go horribly wrong when they find out the Lazarus pilot is dead, and the base is destroyed. Then Cooper notices that the mountains are actually some gnarly waves come to rain on their parade, and they need to swag surf out of there. <laughs> well, one of the team members dies, but it's okay because Cooper and Brand survived. <laughs> They get back to the station to realize their problems on planet Dasani cost them 23 years in Earth time, which leads us... <laughs> Let's see. Which leads us into a good heart-wrenching scene of Cooper watching his kids grow up before his eyes with their video submissions. But you know what they say. There's no crying in space exploration. So they're on to the next planet. I was really hoping you were going to say there's no crying in space ball. <laughs> oh, that would have been good, too. <laughs> On to the next planet. This one is similar to the water planet, but this time it's frozen. The land at the Lazarus base... Let's see here. Oh, so they land at the Lazarus base and awaken the explorer who turns out to be Matt Damon. Well, old Matty boy went in a little crazy and and uh, fudged the numbers so people would come and rescue him. While they, And when they got there, he decided he would try and kill them and take their ship. Which leads to a very stressful but non-action-packed fight scene between Cooper and Damon. <laughs> Damon ends up getting away with one of the ships, but Cooper and Brand are hot on his trail uh, in a second ship. And it's a race back to the space station. Matt Damon gets there first and tries to dock by himself. 
which, to no one's surprise, fails miserably and blows up himself and part of the station, so Cooper and Brand are able to dock through some expert piloting that not even Lieutenant Pete Mitchell could do. <laughs> so then, Cooper and Brand game plan and decide they will send TARS the robot through the black hole to collect data and send it back to Earth, while they go to the final planet in a last-ditch effort to save humanity, but Cooper pulls the old switcheroo and is like, psych, we only have enough fuel for you to make it to the planet, Brand, so I'm going into the black hole with TARS. Basically cut to black with Cooper flying through the black hole and actually having to eject from the ship because he winds up in a Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> the strange place, as TARS explains, is the fifth dimension world, but put into a 3D concept for Cooper to understand that gravity can travel through space and time. And while typing this out, I realized that this, oh yeah. And while typing this out, I realized that there is still a whole other side of the story that, <laughs> hold on. <I> got, <laughs> and while typing this out, I realized that this is still only one side of the story. Oh my God, I'm going to die writing all of this. <laughs> anyway, he's able to see Murph back when she was a kid and we get the big reveal of the movie that he was her ghost all along and that quote unquote, they were just humans in the future that had locked unlock the extra dimensions because of this black hole information. So with the help of TARS, he sends present-day Murph the data via binary in the watch he left her on how to save the day. Here we go, wrapping it up. Cooper then has to leave the time place and, can to, and continues to fall through the black hole that dumps him off back at Saturn, where he is rescued and gets brought aboard the Noah's Ark of space stations, where he finally gets to meet or he finally gets to see his daughter and tell her he's home. But record scratch, she's an old lady now. <laughs> and she tells him that she always knew he'd come home and that he would, or that he should go and be with Brand. And he's wondering how he should get there and realizes he should take his new Lincoln MKZ that he's been <laughs> driving around in this entire time because it's just a three hour long commercial. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. yeah, I very accurate. God, it's so long. It's it very is. long. It's such a long. Can we just do a quick pause and say how much better that plot summary is than what I tried to stumble through last time with Hateful Eight? It was we listened and, back to it. And it was, Hateful Eight was much simpler. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a formal apology to our listeners. I really should have just sent it in last uh, week. We, I thought about calling you and having you like speakerphone it, <laughs> which by that time. I don't know if you would have been in any state. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> ah, yes, the... I was the podcaster that was drunkenly watching National Treasure at Mojo's. <laughs> that might have been one of my favorite Snapchats I've gotten. <laughs> so this movie, uh, written and directed by Christopher Nolan, and uh, also had a writing credit from Jonathan Nolan, uh, the box office numbers on it, it made $158 million, uh, almost 159 It's up in the, like, 700,000s there, with a runtime of 169 minutes. Nice. Nice. Uh, critic score of 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 85%. I honestly would have expected that to be flipped. I would have expected critics like this movie more than the audience did. Because that's, I mean, that's typically what we see with Nolan movies. Yeah. 
And we will uh, also look at some of the best of the worst Rotten Tomatoes oh, reviews. Go. Oh, I cannot wait for these, actually. <laughs> so just be like, space is confusing! <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? More like, when are we? <laughs> Rosalind Trihane from the Battle Royale with Cheese website. What is wrong with the movie? Some of the messages are lathered on so thickly, yet the Nolan brothers assume that all viewers have a keen grasp of quantum physics, relativity, time <laughs> dimensions, and gravity. Uh, yeah, but that's why they have the uh, post-it note visual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was straight talking to the crowd. Yes. Yeah. Eileen Jones from The Jacobin. I can't remember an apocalyptic film that's taken less interest in this planet as it's destroyed. <laughs> Brad Keefe from the Columbus Alive. Chief that's Keefe. a really weird... Chief Keefe from the Columbus Chief Alive. Chief Keefe's first name is just Brad. <laughs> I give it 300 out of 10. It actually is... His first name is just as hilarious. It's Keith. Chief Keefe? Keith? Keith? Keith Cozart. Oh my god. Anyway, Brad is says... Is that Polish? <laughs> yes. Twice as long as gravity and half as good. Um, and then Scott Marks. I... Scott Marks has a real zinger. Uh, there are many words to describe interstellar. Entertainment isn't one of them. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That's edgy. Coming that in spice. That, that's how you get your review out there. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, while Skip we're Bayless also... Skip of movie takes. <laughs> Skip! Skip! This movie! So what did this movie do well for you guys? Um... To my notes here. So... Oh, actually, before we get into that, do we want to talk about... Um, because we've had a few directors recently that are very... They have some hallmarks of what makes their movie their movie. Mm -hmm. With Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino. So... Uh, we talked a little bit about it off pod. Jeff, do you want to kind of dive into what makes a Nolan movie a Nolan movie? Yeah, sure. So um, this movie is done by Christopher Nolan. Uh, you might recognize Christopher Nolan, obviously, from the Batman movies. So The Dark Knight, um, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins. He also directed Dunkirk. Uh, Which is amazing. Yeah, Inception, The Prestige. And then a couple of his earlier movies are... Insomnia, which is sneakily my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. If you guys haven't seen Insomnia, I have not. It's so good. It's Pacino and Robin Williams, and Robin Williams is a bad guy, and it's oh, fucking amazing. Shit. Okay, I've had Insomnia cookies. Is did that help? It's very different. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he also did Memento, which is also another sneaky good Nolan movie. If you if you know Nolan, then you you probably have heard of those, but. Um, and then he's done a couple other ones that I didn't really recognize, but those are kind of his his bigger hits. So, hallmarks of Nolan movies are obviously there's um, pretty big elements of darkness, right? Not only mm -hmm. in the way that it's shot, but also just like dark stories, mm -hmm. um, semi-depressing stories. Also, he, but I think he does that to create an environment where someone can succeed, right? Like a lot Come of his out movies. Of the darkness. Yeah, a lot of his movies are the very classic Rise, tragedy. Perhaps. <laughs> begin. <Burr. laughs> he can begin and then just be 
Because that one's just Dark Knight. And then he can <laughs> and then rise. He can rise. No, but I mean all of his stories <laughs> are, are classic tragedies in that there's a a terrible thing happening that someone has to rise against and even if it's self self sacrificial, that's like how they succeed is by beating the thing by sacrificing themselves. So you see that in in elements of Interstellar, you see that in Batman completely, yeah. which is like the hallmark of that story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you even see it a little bit in like Inception it's and Dunkirk in too. You know what I mean? So is it in Dunkirk? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, I'm putting the plane down. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that Nolan does that you'll be able to see in this movie as well is Nolan, much like Tarantino or Wes Anderson, works with a lot of the same actors. Yeah, right. So. Um, you see that with Christian Bale. Christian Bale is... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Matthew McConaughey is Batman. Um, <laughs> well, Christian Bale is always in the Batman movies. He's yeah. in The Prestige as well, right? It, was The Machinist a Nolan movie? No. Oh, okay. No. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking of Memento okay. Machinist. And I was yeah. him. But so, no, Christian Bale, he works with Michael Caine a lot. Mm-hmm. So Michael Caine's in this movie. He's in Batman and Inception. So it's kind of like he, he doesn't use all his guys, but if you look... Basically, if you took, like, Batman as, like, the top of the family tree, mm-hmm. and then you could put all of his other, connect all of his other ones. Except for Leo. Leo and McConaughey are unique to true their franchises. Mm-hmm. That would be off of Michael Caine's branches. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then you'd have, yeah, Caine, and then back to Batman. I The thing I like about Michael Caine in all of these is... He is different characters, but at his core, he's just Michael Caine. Yeah. Like, he's like Leo at this point. We're like here to deliver guidance right. and exposition <laughs> for you. He's basically just like Christopher Nolan explaining to the audience what's going on. <laughs> That's the role he has in three of the different... He explains Inception. He explains space travel. He explains what Batman is really thinking. Like, that's what he is. He's yeah. just a guide to the audience. <laughs> and then is able to just rip your heart out when he starts crying. Oh, man. In uh, that is something Peak just, old man crying, Michael Caine. I think anybody that cries in a Nolan movie is just going to hurt. Like, cause, I mean, we'll he, get into it a he lot. He's just be really movie. good at like picking out ugly criers. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> Like when McConaughey looked like his face was melting when yeah. he drove away from the house. Yeah. That's because he's in a Dodge, not a Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> Another hallmark that we should definitely talk about with Nolan movies is Hans Zimmer. Yes. Right? A yeah. pretty constant across his movies with various, not similar soundtracks, but the way that they can portray see. soundtrack and use it. Very, very distinct soundtracks. Distinct is very good. Like... It's like how you can tell a Hans Zimmer soundtrack apart from a John Williams soundtrack, apart from a John Carpenter soundtrack, right? Apart from an Ennio Morricone soundtrack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if you have like Hans Zimmer, it's going to be very. I feel like his a lot of his stuff is very deep, like deep long tones. Whereas like you know you have like John Williams, I feel like John Williams are very. Word I use to describe it, like, very bright music. Mm -hmm. It's a very, like, save for the iconic theme from Jaws, all of John Williams' stuff is very, like, upbeat and happy-sounding. Because even in Jaws... Yeah, okay. Foreboding. Yes. Yeah. 
But I mean, and even in that movie and Jaws, you still get a lot of that like high tempo, like yeah. major sounding stuff. Right. Very adventurous. Well, another thing I would say too is is contrasting Zimmer and John Williams, right? Mm-hmm. John Williams does uh, songs that fit like they feel like on an album, right? So like distinct, separate for like, the moment. Yeah, distinct separate pieces of music. Right. Where Zimmer is very much like riffs on the same thing. Right, very thematic throughout yes. the movie. Because that was almost a knock I had on it was they're using the same music that they use, you know, in the bigger parts of the movie that they were in the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, well, I understand that that's the theme, but it doesn't really fit when we're in the middle of farming and Yeah. The part that got me was there's a, either a final piece when he's talking to his daughter, uh-huh. where she's old and he's young. The music there didn't seem to fit to me either. Right. Like it was very much like I don't know still what it was. like the what's going on music. And yeah, like, like this that. This is like that, a resolution. And yeah. That, and that like adventurous synthy sound that he has for the whole kind of theme of mm-hmm. it. I don't know if that would like they were doing that to lead into him stealing the plane and then going on. Like those notes mm. fit what they're doing, <laughs> but it was the same music that they were doing for when he was talking to his daughter. And I was like, that should have been either silent or positive. Mm. Like it shouldn't have had a weird. It had a weird undertone to it. Right. And he also, did Zimmer. Zimmer did Man of Steel also, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a nitpick about the last scene since we're already on it. All right, let's just let's just get <laughs> dive that. into yeah. nitpicks. Wait, which part of the last scene? That she's just like, just leave. Oh, like, you're go good. get you Bran. Back. She's like, I haven't seen you my entire goddamn life, and I just I saw you again for five minutes. I'm gonna die in the next ten. Maybe you could just hang out until yeah. I die. So and I, then go. But I understand that, was, that though. That was her she closure. Yeah, like knowing like he for made sure. her back. Now she can die with her okay. family. So yeah. maybe maybe her is fine. Why That's why the leave? whole family was. Saying. But why I think would he leave. Yeah, but I mean, think like, I think him like watching his daughter die. I think that would have like completely destroyed him. When mm-hmm. I think she knew that, so she's just like, "No, you're good. You need to go finish your mission." Oh, I was just thinking, like, like he, as a as a dad, he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he but missed I mean, her entire life. Well, he also life. did go out to space forever, like I pointed out in the plot summary. <laughs> I'm aware that he went to space. I've I've also seen the movie. <laughs> no, I mean he just like yeah. I'm, what I'm, I'm he leaving. Was I'm, leaving. <laughs> I'm I'm just leaving anyway. But okay, so my my view on that, you said it for your point, but to argue against it, I'm using the same thing. He missed her entire life. And I don't think that the one thing he would want is her death. Instead, like, he got to see her again, and he got to make up for that. And he knew she was on her way out and dying. And I don't think... And they both knew that. And they neither of them wanted that to be the one last experience he had with her. Instead of the experience of closure. And them resolving things. And getting to see each other and... Finally confirm he did try and come back. He did kept do his all promise. This. He kept right. his promise. I and would... then she sent him out for the big final moment where she just... <laughs> <laughs> it works for the movie. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, I don't think it's a realistic <laughs> you, thing. That you wouldn't would have do. abandoned your 90-year-old daughter. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you stay there, you take the pain. You were that you didn't have to do any of the hey, hard stuff. I mean, stuff he's like hundred. Like, he's one hundred twenty years old. He, my large elderly child. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, Murph, you have less motor skills than when I left you. <laughs> Boy, you really turned what that poorly. What school did they send you to after I left? <laughs> Too much corn. <laughs> that corn This diet. never would have happened if I would have stayed on her. She's like, yeah, I know. They actually, don't, they actually don't address it. She's actually only 37 years old. <laughs> oh. Paid for by the ad council. The, du- the dust of all ages, a man. woman. I've seen some things. All that math. This we, isn't my skin. This is just dirt. <laughs> we have to get into what the movie. Did. That's okay, right. so I gotta, I gotta think what the movie did well. So, um, this movie is, if it's not a perfect movie, it's a perfect expression of what a sci-fi movie can be, yeah. right? Which is sci-fi is extremely grounded in whatever universe it's it takes place in, right? You establish the rules of the universe within the first 10 to 15 minutes, and then you have to live by those rules for the entire rest of the story, Mm -hmm. right? And so the other thing that sci-fi movies do, if they're doing it really well, are... um, Ryla, are you doing? Are you recording us right now? No, I'm me- I'm playing with my measuring app on my iPhone. I forgot that was on there. You're now. Just seeing how tall things are. Yeah. So for you viewers at home, Tyler, from the seat of his chair to the top of his head, is 35 inches. All right, I'll take it. Almost three feet, one meter. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with the <laughs> sorry about hard that. sci-fi. Hard sci-fi plays by its own rules and doesn't break them. Yeah, and then... Loose uh, cannon sci-fi. <laughs> loose cannon thing. sci-fi. Well, <laughs> an, Turn an, in, you gun and you bitch. <laughs> Another thing Listen like, here, the Martian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of control. You need to be stopped. But I get results. Let's keep going. Three, two... Let's gather it. Um, uh... So the, the final thing that a good space movie does is it gets philosophical, right? About, like, where are we in the world, and who are we, and what does time mean, and stuff like that. So it gets very, like, 2001 at the very uh-huh. end, um, although a lot less trippy than, than 2001. What did you guys think we did well? Um, I kind of went to the, back to, like, Nolan and, you know, the cinematography of the movie. I really liked... You know, since it's an exploration movie, obviously the landscapes are going to be a big factor. Mm-hmm. So I really loved the wide shots that they used for this movie. Um, like coming up on Saturn and stuff. I thought that was a really cool shot. But I also have a really nitpick part of that. Okay. Um, they're coming up on Saturn. And I think they do it as an artistic choice to make it feel more just like they're way out there. Um, but there's you don't see... Any stars. Yeah. It's all black around Saturn. But then everywhere else in space they go, you can just see, you know, it's just filled with stars. That's because Saturn, little known fact, eats stars. That's because of the rings. Exactly. Okay. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is Saturn Galactus? I don't know. We can't prove that it's not. Exactly. Silver Surfer. <laughs> No, he's busy on a he's busy on that water planet surfing he's those busy. waves. <laughs> yeah, uh, those were some gnarly waves. Silver Surfer would tear up those waves. But I did really like like the landscapes that they use. I thought, um, even though they just go from a water planet to an ice planet, that was, I would have liked maybe more. Yeah, of a give, very, me a ju- give me a jungle planet. 
Well, yeah, yeah but then, then they land and it's like, oh, I guess we can live here. <laughs> I do think... Um, I guess they like, do have to be barren, you know. A jungle planet or anything like that would have like very severely broken the Christopher Nolan aesthetic. Because yeah, everything it had he does very, is very like, stark. Yeah, yeah, and it had to be very like monotone. Mm-hmm. Like Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the second planet they landed on. They landed in Pittsburgh in the winter. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Send my money to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then uh, the only other note I really have for what I liked, because it was just like space movies are just cool. I just yeah. like space movies. So thanks, Alex, for picking the category. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We didn't mention this at the top of the episode. This is from a uh, listener pick. From uh, our buddy Alex, who left us a review and requested a space movie. So thank you for that. We all had a great time watching this, I think. Mm. Even if it I didn't had a great, take three I had a hours great, of our life. A lot of great time. <laughs> seven years. <laughs> Every hour that passes watching this movie <laughs> is seven hours in the real world. <laughs> um, before, we, before we move on, I'll just... Because uh, most of my points on what it did well are the same things that you guys had, except also this movie had a lot of heart. Uh, it, yeah, it makes you feel in yeah. some spots. And like even before it like really tugs on those heartstrings uh, with him in space, like trying to get back and missing out on all of his right. kids' lives. Uh, the the scenes where it establishes him like as a dad and what kind of dad he is. <laughs> are really, really good. Like, when he's in Merce Parent-Teacher Conference. That's, yeah. I love the dynamic that sets up and for how much he cares about his kids. Uh, regardless of what you think, given that he blasts off a million miles away from his kids. Yeah. but I'm not he, sure he cares about young Tom. <laughs> See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He gives, just like, he gives young Tom a truck. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> he has, like, this big, long goodbye with Murph, and he, then he gets to his son, he's like, well, put her there. The arm's yours. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. <laughs> By the way, corn's gonna die. See ya. Have <laughs> you considered going organic? <laughs> so what? What didn't we like about this movie? Okay. Oh, that sounds like you're about to get out a list. Yeah. And Hathaway's characters at yeah. the top of the list, but. I don't think that's because of the way, like, I don't think that's a flaw in the movie, because you're supposed to fucking hate her. At yeah, least that's she how just, I took it from. She just sucks. Yeah. Um, she is super stubborn. She doesn't really have any humor in the movie. Of course, I mean, there's not a lot of humor in the movie. Yeah, which but, is fine. She doesn't have to really be funny. But then she also kind of just shoots down everything. Yeah. With... With, like, her idea of logic. Mm-hmm. And I will then, say, I will say, though, it would be frustrating to work on this your whole life, and then a pilot shows up, and, like, a day later, he's just leading the mission. Like, that's some... Like, that's there's a whole element of, And your of dad's like, controlling the... The woman has worked hard her whole life, and the guy okay. shows up and gets to lead shit. Like, they're... They could have played it in that a whole time. That like, is she fair. should be leading the mission. I would have liked that a lot, instead of her just, like, shooting everything down with, like, logic and reason when... It's like, revealed what the fuck when they say like I'm the, I've been working on this for twenty years. Yeah. You just showed up. That's what they should have done. But I just I hate that it was revealed like after all of her arguments about logic and science and reason, it's just because she's trying to get back to this yeah, dude. Yeah, but I love this dude, so yeah. 
So all of your personal reasons don't fucking matter. My personal reason. No, see, I said your reasons, not, not <laughs> yeah. our reasons. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, and then like the obvious plot hole. Uh, you can't go into a black hole. You just can't do. Not it. that we know of. Why not? The gravity's too. You would just get Matthew McConaughey wouldn't make it into it. You would just get oh, crushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's no falling through it in colors and stuff. Well, maybe that no, was him being he... crushed. Okay, so hold and on. then he was reconstituted as he passed through the other dimension. Oh, it just like like squeezed him and then like blew him back up. Yeah, like I crushed really... him into bits, atoms. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> like floating around like the uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory yeah. when they're beaming him to the TV. And, and he just comes, comes to And then whoosh, he's rebuilt as he comes out the other side of the dimension. Maybe. I guess I've never been through it's one. It's like but... uh, in Star Trek when they're like particle creating the food. It's basically like that. <laughs> I guess, but it just seems it's like not everything, re- everything Neil deGrasse Tyson has told me is that you couldn't get love to watch this movie with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I would. I would. It takes like, like six hours. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I, he, we would for what after we do know hour. about black holes, the gravity would just be way too intense that they would just crumble. I have yeah. a dumb science question. Okay. So Jeff is bad at science. Wormholes, black holes, same thing? No. Okay. Because they said wormhole at the beginning. Right. The wormhole is... The wormhole is how they got there. The which, black hole was... And I don't And I don't believe wormholes actually exist. So there the is no proven evidence. The wormhole getting exists. there is fine, but the black hole at the end is bad. Right. Okay. Because So wormhole... Like because the wormhole... Saying, well, because the, I mean the wormhole... You're laughing. Like, I didn't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the wormhole is like a bend in space. Yeah, due to, this, yeah you got the card. Yeah. It's the hole. Yeah, the card. Yeah. Yeah. Now which, However that works, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> obviously... It's theorized, but not... What I love right? about this movie is it's marketed specifically towards people like me, who, like, their last science class was, yeah. like, <laughs> space <laughs> physics in high school that they did not do well in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, took, uh, like, the physical science course, or whichever, whichever that one was. Uh, natural Disasters. Na- Natty D and, oh, and at K-State. K-State. Yeah. Also, surprisingly, did not do well in Natty D. <laughs> you might be surprised. <laughs> Jeff is bad at science. <laughs> it's hard to not do well in Natty D, man. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't You just go. had to tell Keith... <laughs> okay, I was going to say... Understandable. You had to tell Keith you liked his sweater, and you had to show up. That's it. Uh, I think one time he got mad because I was on my phone, and then after that, it was just kind of over. Mm, <laughs> you don't like me being on my phone? See if I show up to your class. <laughs> it wasn't a retaliation. It was just like, I know he doesn't like me, so I'm not really going to work on it. Um, no, but I, you know the other thing that I liked, or didn't like about this movie, but it was really funny, is when they're like, how can we get to the planet without spending seven years? Or like, and they're all just like they think about it for like two seconds, and they're like, "What if we went around?" And they're like, "Oh my god, that could work." Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matthew McConaughey's like, "Hear me out. <laughs> what if we go the other way?" <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, uh, like all, you know, all these like genius engineers." Yeah. Oh shit, the other way. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a can't go through it. <laughs> can't go under it. <laughs> I will say that I think that gets to the crux of my of my beef with this movie is just that Matthew McConaughey's character, like who his character is supposed to be and like what they did because he was he did wow. pilot missions wow, before. Why don't you just go around it? 
Um, okay. Humans weren't meant to stay on Earth. They we, were, we were born here. We ain't <laughs> meant to die here. <laughs> that, that was like the key moment. Like, this is a Lincoln commercial. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new Lincoln spaceship commercial. <laughs> Murph! <laughs> okay. So, really, what I didn't like. <laughs> Why do we only, oh, yeah, did you we only do this on Jeff's points? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I want to make the point enough that I'll just keep going. But, um, You're as stubborn as Murph. Yeah. Don't leave that point, Jeff! <laughs> Stay on it! Um, no, but I just don't get why he has so much authority on this mission. Like, I get that he's the pilot, but it's just like whatever well, I, he says goes. I think I it's understand. because he was made captain of this mission yeah, by, by Michael King. Yeah, that's dumb. Why? Be, well, because he... I, <laughs> Well, because I agree. Why? In but some weird. Well, in some weird timeline, though, it's because it like goes back that he's responsible for all of it happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It that was the point where it's like. So basically, what you're saying is time is a flat circle, which he also <laughs> talks about. <laughs> yeah, it just, time gets very. Like I said in the plot summary, time is just very loose. Yes. As we get get very, like, towards the end of this movie, you're like, well, wait a minute. So if he did this, then why are they, you know what I mean? Actually, that's my favorite part of the movie, is when they get philosophical about Uh time. Like, I could just watch a two-hour movie of just Matthew theorizing about what Sure, I liked it, just because it it was just a mind fuck. Yeah. Well, there's the, like, this idea idea that like time for other beings or like if you can transcend time then you become this whole other person right that's right that's like a sci-fi like they talk about that in sci-fi all the mm-hmm. time that's basically the point of 2001 that he basically becomes part of this greater entity yeah that can control time and space and whatever but it's basically like like our timeline is like somebody hit play and you can't pause it or rewind it or right. whatever and someone else is like they just have the movie, and so they can just plug it in whenever they want to, and they can go to any point in the movie and exist in that point in time because they have they exist outside of the timeline, right? And so I thought that like was when like, you watch the uh, that scene from Basic Instinct over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> old crazy legs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so before we move into standout and let I did have scene, I did have one more thing I didn't okay, like because I had. Go I ahead. don't think I've given any. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, the Matt Damon plotline. I did not like it. It was unnecessary, and movie could have done without it. Could have been a good fifteen minutes shorter without all the Matt Damon stuff. True. I did, and think- it made me dislike The Martian because now whenever I watch The Martian, I'm just gonna be like, just fucking leave him. <laughs> this guy sucks. I did think it's weird that he like. I would have rather had them had him be more like. Fully just, like, he's gone crazy mm-hmm. versus this thing of, like, like, he, like, waxes poetic about, like, do you see your children's faces? And you're just like, what the fuck, man? That's like, survival instinct. That's hibernation sickness. I, I was gonna say, like, it's just, it's him, again, like, talking about these are all the things that evolution has done so that, like, we survive a little bit Let longer. Go. Let go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can see a lot better. Oh wait, we did I'm done. <laughs> best, best part of Return of the Jedi. 
is when he's firing blindly at Han- uh, Lando's foot to free him from the Sarlacc. And he has hibernation sickness. A Jedi Knight! <laughs> Everyone gets delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Okay, the last thing I didn't like about this movie <laughs> was the Goddamn, guys. <laughs> was the inconsistent technology. And the main point in this is the manual docking system that we have somehow not figured out a better way to do. <laughs> Just flap it in the wind. Well, I mean, so think of all the things that humanity has accomplished. But yet, we cannot figure out a way for the spaceship and the space station to communicate on their own to automatically line up. Well, no, they do. Um, but TARS blocked that ability on that ship because he didn't trust Matt Damon. No, but even in the beginning, they oh, had to okay, line yeah. it up with yeah. uh, what's-his-name that dies on Planet of Water. Yeah, <laughs> Planet Water. Planet Dasani. Shape of Water. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, so there's stuff like that. I was like, well, we figured out how to do all this, but you can't, you know, anyway. No, I agree. Anything else? He just done talking shit. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I swear, if you have a point, we'll let you make it. We'll At least let, 75% we'll let you make of half it. of it, yeah. <laughs> so, what was your guys' standout scene? The time scene at the end yeah, where yeah. he goes through and, uh, like the, they, they call it a tesseract at the very end. Yeah, that threw me off. Yeah. So that is a term. Right. Shouts uh, to our next movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what really threw me off. <laughs> because now, well, I, I understand, like, the, the tesseract, that or that uh, a tesseract, it was already term. Mm-hmm. But after watching all the Marvel movies, it's like, the tesser- a tesseract has become something completely yeah, different right. in my mind. Matt Matthew McConaughey has an infinity stone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I thought the the final scene was good again, just because it's the it's the part where science fiction looks forward mm-hmm. to like. Um, I mean, I guess the whole movie looks forward to like what we could possibly do with space travel. But the final one is like even outside of space travel. It's like how do you transcend the human experience, right? And so I thought that was really cool. There's really hooky ways to do it, uh-huh. and I thought that they did a pretty good job. Like it's basically like a single. I think the hard part was like it was a single space in time, right? right? Mm-hmm. But then it was like a, across the timeline of everything that occurred in that room, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was a little weird that. Like, I mean, as he did, like, go back and communicate in the old one, but he's like, oh, it's, like, too late to change anything there. Mm-hmm. But then he's able to go forward into time. So is, is where he's existing in the black hole the same time that it's actually happening to her type of thing? Because See, that's what I don't... This when is when he falls I, out of the black hole, it's, like, 80 years later. Mm-hmm. But in that moment... I so this is out. what I had a hard time... So he's, he's in there. This was my standout scene also. Mainly because it's the most heart-wrenching, where he's just like, don't let me go, blah, 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 blah. But I was like, does he not remember the books falling off originally? Because then it gets into this really weird loop of Mm -hmm. him knocking the books off. 
I don't know. I, it was just. I thought he remembered that that, that it happened. He's like, I know. So I, I need have to, do, to it. do it. Yeah. But then also the thing, I think he's but just it's not going to work. I think he knows. He in the moment he's like, get me to stay because he wants it to happen and he's hoping things have changed. But I think mm-hmm. he knows. Oh, in his he knows things won't, won't change. Gotcha. But he has to try. It's like that's so Raven, where everything she does just makes it happen anyways. <laughs> But then we would have gotten, like, a Back to the Future, like, he would have disappeared had he, like, okay, I'll stay. And well, then he just... See, and that's the two things, so, like, it, I'm going to keep using that, so Raven, because I actually feel like it's a really good treatise <laughs> on time travel. Yeah, okay. Right? Which is that there's there's the idea of branching timelines, right? So this decision caused two different universes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just do a McConaughey, and I'll pull up a whiteboard to show you guys. Um, need the full Doc Brown chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, or there's a single timeline, and no matter what happens, that timeline will always happen the way that it's supposed to, right? Which right. is that that's so Raven universe. Okay. Okay. I'm so, calling. so in this one, you've got the idea of what he did, where he moved the books, has already happened. So he had to do that in order for his existing timeline to continue happening, mm-hmm. right? Everything that has happened to him in, in his individual uh-huh. past is because he caused it in that moment. So he creates the loop mm-hmm. at that point. Gotcha. Right? The part where it gets a little bit dicey is whether or not he would have always gone and given Murph instructions. Right? Because I don't know. Because what I can't figure out is, is in the Tesseract, is it everything that can ever happen? Or is it everything that has actually happened in time I think up until this point? That's what I think. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it's everything that's happened up until so then when, coming into this yeah, so dimension. So he can't go forward, but he could start at the present moment and, and go backwards. walk backwards through any moment. Right. So, that, and I think that's that's the... Which good thing he point. knows how to navigate in there. <laughs> well, it's love that's helping him navigate. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see why people didn't like that aspect. But I, I will say about the whole love aspect, I, I took it as what anchored him to that point, and that's what. Well, that was definitely yeah, because that definitely was the point that probably weighed heaviest on his heart. Was exactly, abandoning her. Yeah, whether it's love or what, that was what he mentally focused on. He can sense a moment in time because yeah. it means the most to and him, and so it, that was his like. That was his boundary that was provided for which section of this infinite universe, infinite dimension, he would be placed in. Also, if it's humans in the future that create this Tesseract so that he can go in and do it, then they could design it so that love is the thing that anchors it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Or it's like a, a law of nature, like whatever one it yeah. is. Because well, we like, don't even know what the, the other dimension was. Well, let's see, I, so we had, you know, obviously our third, and then they say they've made time just a dimension. Well, well we fourth dimension's time. Right, so what was our fifth one? Love? Gravity. Oh, gravity, okay. Yeah, because that's how they used it to communicate, which I did really like. Mm-hmm. That, that That's what they picked to be able to transcend yes. time. I, li- I like that it wasn't him expressing his love over a dimension and her just knowing i thought that's the direction they were going to go and i wasn't going to like that but when he was like the really cool scene of him like playing the strings of gravity that was awesome yeah i i loved the way that was is that what string theory is (laughs) did i just learn string i think so cool you cracked it i cracked it (laughs) i'm just a master on the banjo with time (laughs) 
Slapping the bass. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey playing the Deliverance dueling banjo <laughs> song on Gravity. <laughs> Just sitting at his old farmhouse. <laughs> so, you need Gravity to change, huh? That was my my standout scene as well. Riley, did you have a different one? No, it was okay. the, the Yeah, I mean, that's rack. what I figured. Yeah. Uh, so we can go ahead and roll into our letdown scenes. I don't like how Matthew McConaughey takes so long to die. Like, he's he's takes so long to, like, the breathing thing. Or like, uh, what? either can he die or can they save him faster? Because the Matthew, or Matt Damon, like, walking up the hill, waxing poetic about mm-hmm. DC or children's Well, he covered the hole in his I know, but... <laughs> I need to stop this leak! <laughs> Viewers, I slapped myself in the face. <laughs> I don't know. It just took, it took such a long time. And I get that they're trying to build drama and stuff like that, but, like... He's not going to die. And so I was just like, (laughs) at the beginning of the scene where he's starting to die, I'm just like, this is going to take a really long time. Like I can already tell at the beginning of the scene it was going to take too long. And it did. Moral of the story, do not go explore a planet with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. You will die. (laughs) Or like bring some tape. (laughs) (laughs) See, there's your another inconsistent technology. They didn't think about how to repair that. (laughs) Yeah. What if our mask cracks? Well, oh, well, they do I have. Know. They do have Sorry, the little, <laughs> They do have the little oxygen thing, and Matthew Damon or <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Damon. <laughs> Why is the that, perfect hybrid actor? <laughs> that's his actual name, but it sounds so wrong. It's like, oh no, Matthew. <laughs> oh, Similar to calling him Matt McConaughey. Yeah. Also, don't like that. That's weird. <laughs> No, but the, he has the oxygen thing, and Matt Damon steals it from him and, like, kicks it away or throws away or something like that. No, it was well, he the, rips out it was the, the communicator. communicator. No, he also takes away his oxygen thing. That's right. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He oxygen. pulled something out. So, but again, backup option. It's exactly. space. Space got account for everything. Space happens. Well, if he did have the tape... Since Matthew McConaughey was sabotaging everything, he would have, like, pulled it out and then just, like, tangled it up. <laughs> like, crumpled it. Yeah. So it all stuck together <laughs> and he couldn't do or it. Keeps this to... is going to take you hours to unfurl. He keeps trying to rip it off and it's like, you know how, like, tape does it, like, rips off in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's, he's sitting there like, where's the damn edge? <laughs> And Matt Damon doesn't even do anything with that. Just, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You won't know where the end of that tape is. Shouldn't have brought clear masking tape. Good good luck getting it off of those giant gloves. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, just just like trying to pick it. (laughs) You just can't grab it. That's why this movie's three hours long. It's 20 minutes of trying to grab an edge of tape. It's so relatable. (laughs) It's... I have that problem, too. <coughs> Maybe I should explore space. Astronauts, they're just like us. <laughs> uh, my letdown sta- scene was similar. It was it was the fight scene of Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey. Because, like you said, it takes way too long. It's really slow. Yeah. yeah and the fighting... They're, they're fight- I don't know if they're really fighting. They're more just... Grappling and, <laughs> and then Feats they use it, yeah, and then they kind of use their weird jetpacks and then mm-hmm. he like blows him in the face. Like, well, what then what really work? takes me out of it is like he's like Matthew McConaughey is on top of Matt Damon. He's like get it together, and then there's like a, there's like stop a, doing it. There's like a one beat pause, and then Matt Damon starts head <laughs> headbutting him. I'm like, what is going on? 
<laughs> also, I like how Matt kind of is like, stop it. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, get he's away trying, from him, Stop man. it. He's like punishing a child. He's like, <laughs> stop it. And he just starts headbutting him. <laughs> Matt Damon, no, you're not my real dad. And <laughs> headbutts him. Uh, okay. You have your letdown scene? Was that your letdown scene? Yeah, my I don't really have anything else to I add. I have two other those. small ones. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when when Murph is trying to give herself time to go to the room and she just burns the crotch, <laughs> there's not anything else that we can do to distract him. Like, we have to burn our only source of food. Like, I mean, she knows they're fucked anyway. Yeah, but what? I mean, I don't know. I just. I got. So, yeah, I was thinking about that also last night. Burn. And I think what it was is like. I don't know. <laughs> because I had a, I had a similar thought when they're like corn's the only thing left. Well, let's just go. You know, in the beginning they're like, well, let's just drive through this cornfield yeah. and destroy all this crop. <laughs> but I was thinking like, well, if the whole country, because we really kind of only focus on America, <laughs> if the whole country is growing corn, if you burn maybe two acres, that's just like nothing. Really, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but they're all dying, so every little bit helps. They just, but, yeah, but, you know she, but she realizes that if she, solves, if she solves it, that she's going to save everyone. So burning two acres of corn. Yeah. Like, I'm not if saying... I can solve this, we are good. If I don't solve this, we're approaching an, approaching an extinction-level event. So No, no extinction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's one of my nitpicks. My other nitpick is, um, oh, shit. Oh, you need us to distract you again. Oh, no. When she, when she <laughs> figures it out. This is like when out. Jerry tries to talk oh in Parks God. and Rec and, like, <laughs> loses his way when people don't interrupt him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, you're now the cherry of the show. <laughs> when she yells Eureka and she throws the paper. I like that. Is my other one. No. Why do you like that? That's dumb. But she even she, she even said done. yeah she's like that's just what you do she's like it's traditional like yeah she had she had to do that that's I what like Michael King told me like to it. do I think it's dumb well we should have interrupted you on that one <laughs> <laughs> movie's too long doesn't edit that out Prodcast <laughs> it is time for your new segment what well, friends fun. episode does this remind Prodcast. <laughs> <laughs> Missing it took me way yeah, too long to figure out you were doing the Friends theme song. No. <laughs> yeah, no, mine was right. told me life was going to be that way. No. That's right. That was off. That was off to me. But it was the right number yeah. of claps. You guys keep doing I'm doing the same number of claps she did. Wait, okay, break it down. One, two. No, no I did that wrong. It's all the same. Oh, my <laughs> God. <was> safety dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same cadence. Okay. <laughs> That's it. No, it's not. Yes, it, yes, is. it is. Um, 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 no, it's not. No, it's not. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you fifty dollars. Okay. It's not. Are you ready? I can't make it. I, I got it. Movie bet. Movie bet. Movie bet. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before you do yet. this, okay. okay. Movie bet. What? What loser, are the parameters? Of the loser has to watch a movie of the other one's choice. Oh no. Ooh, take it. Take it. Because you could really ruin this day. Is mine. Yeah, there's, no, it. there's no space. It's uh, it's six continuous. I just I replayed. Okay, movie yeah. back. Movie back. I see. Movie I think that's too many. Okay. I think that's too many. I don't right. know what so pick mine for is. You. I know you're picking. Can be this way? I won't pick. I love you, Beth Cooper. I'll even say that. Okay. okay. One, it's two, three, four. it's continuous. One, Five, two, three, four. four, three, two. Okay. Four. Yeah. Maybe. If there's an ad, I swear to God. 
Yeah, please be Lincoln Ed. Please be. <laughs> Play it closer to the mic. Okay. I say four. One, two, three, four. That's four. Riley was right. That's four. No. It's one, two, three, four. No, one, it's two, not. Three, four. Oh my god. One, two, three, four. It one, is two, four. Three, four. If you're just tuning in. <laughs> you're right. It's four. Okay, it's four. But it's still continuous. But it's continu yeah, it's not. Okay. There's no. There's no. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> Victorious. I really wish we would have bet money. I knew, so it was was right. I knew that was right. <laughs> and I, I know. I knew there was a possibility I was wrong, and I can't afford to pay you $50 right now. <laughs> I was going to say 100 but then I, I figured you may, maybe would not take that deal. Okay. So, what movie am I watching? Well, i got to think about it. Okay. Give it to me by the end of the episode. Segment. I'm going to pick um, a movie that is just a two-hour documentary about why Jaws is bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I'll watch it with you. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll come up with something. Have you ever seen Manos Hands of Fate? I have not. We might have you watch that one. Mano, okay. It's, it's the funniest uh, Mystery Science 3000 episode I've seen, but you don't get to watch it with the commentary. Okay, and I know it is regarded on, um, on our horror, the horror subreddit, is regard, <laughs> it's regarded widely as one of the best bad movies while oh, on a desert maybe I excursion, I, maybe a family shouldn't have encounters said that. cultists who use human hands as sacrificial offerings for their god. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that one. We're we'll so see. off topic. I'll think about it. I'll give it to you. This is going to be such before. a long episode. I'm going to make you do a solo pod on it, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can All I right. do my episode now? Yes. Okay. Uh, so in season three, <laughs> Joey is in a play. And the episode is called The One with the Scream. <laughs> and his play, well, the basis of the episode is uh, Rachel brings that guy to make Ross jealous and it's Ben Stiller. And he just screams at everyone, but Rachel. Uh, <laughs> and Joey's girlfriend, who's the co-actor in the play, she leaves. But the play is Joey is an astronaut who leaves and tells his girlfriend I won't be back for you, but tell your granddaughter to look at me. Oh. So, that's my interstellar. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know what that deserves? <laughs> Claps. All, All right. right. Our Dom Hall Gleason Award for this episode. <sighs> Young <think> Tom. <laughs> yeah. Not Casey Affleck. <laughs> Is young Tom Timothy Chalamet? It looks a lot like him. I think it might be. I wasn't sure. Can we do IMDb it? Yeah, hold on. But my actual Gleason Award was Toe for Grace. Oh, yeah. I'll take it back. Toe for Grace. <laughs> that, was, that was my pick. Um, he doesn't get a B Toe for Grace either. Like, he's just... which, which was really weird because the way they like, bring him into the movie is like... He doesn't... You don't even like hardly see him on camera. He like comes into Murph's office like... Uh -huh. He's here and he needs to see you. And you're like, here, I'm like, was that Topher Grace? Also, yes, that was Timothy Chalamet. All right. Nice job. I I do like, and I will also. Uh, Call me stand, by my name, which is Young Tom. <laughs> I'll stand Topher Grace for this award because uh, 
he is ready to just pull out a tire iron and beat the hell out of Tom. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Murph, they're coming! Murph! Uh, why does he... Is young Tom have a history of violence? Like, why is he worried that... I think he's just a tough, blue-collar guy. He is also stealing his family. So. Yeah. I mean, because... Yeah, because Casey Affleck punches Topher Grace in the oh, face. Oh, that's true. So he does have a history of violence. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, my kid's lungs are fine. Boom! <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought there was like, there's a lot of room for McConaughey and Hathaway to do their thing. Um, I wish you could have gotten a little bit more character from Murph, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't really know exactly what I would have done with it, but just. Maybe a, maybe a little time between being 10 and adult. Yeah. Like, get to see her grow up without her dad, and that's why she's so bitter. Yeah. Also, I. On that note, I 100% thought, because I knew Anne Hathaway was casting this, and I knew part of it was uh, Matthew McConaughey's kids getting older, 100% thought that Anne Hathaway was going to be older Murph. Yeah. And I saw she was on the cast list. But also pleasantly surprised by Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Um, I also think, like, performances in this movie, I do think Anne Hathaway does a good job. We just don't really like her character. Right, yeah. yeah. She does an excellent job. She's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love Anne Hathaway. I really say nobody like nobody in this movie gives a bad performance, which is pretty rare. Like in usually in Nolan movies, there's like one person where you're like, I don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. But um, Tom Hardy in Inception. Or Bane. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy, I guess. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, we we do love Tom Hardy on this podcast. If Tom Please Tom don't Hardy come could, beat us up. Yeah. yeah. No, Tom Hardy's voice acting is is his worst yeah. feature, though. He's a man of a million voices. Yeah, and none of them are good. Yeah, you Maybe know that's why they cover his face. <laughs> you know what's one of his best performances? Warrior. You guys ever seen? Oh, I have not seen Warrior. Where he's a that's UFC a really fighter because he doesn't talk very much, but when he does, it's like it's appropriate. That, I, that so I will say, a badass in that movie. my favorite so, movie, uh, my favorite role of his is uh, Bronson. I could not get into Bronson. Really? I Does it get love... better after the first, like, 30 minutes? Because it's... I didn't like It's all pretty minutes. much the same all okay. the way through. If you oh. don't like the first 30 minutes, you okay. won't like the rest of it. Okay. Uh, recast wheel time. All right. So, to recap the recast wheel, this is where we go through and recast the movie with uh, different categories. So, our categories are Dealer's Choice, Seinfeld, Rappers... Ocean's Extended Universe, which I promise we will not do for 20 minutes this time. Like we last time. Um, it's Always Sunny, the Friends Universe, the 2015 Royals roster, um, and Superheroes. So again, Superheroes is the actual superhero. It's not um, the actress who played them. Well, also, this, this Batman movie... Batman better be in this movie. <laughs> this movie gets broken if we do Superheroes. <laughs> Rappers. All right, we're going to say this is the last time we're going to use the rappers category because okay. we've done it a couple of times. So you have to recast Interstellar uh, with rappers. So think about it. All right. Well, I, I know who I want as my Matthew McConaughey role, but... Okay. Um, it's going to be Riff Raff because... <laughs> Tyler, you might remember this. Remember that song that he covered? They, they sample... Um, time? Like, hey, yeah, time. He's like, it's called time, people. <laughs> oh my God. So that's that's my reasoning there. Um, 
you guys can we let's just throw in characters yeah, okay. as we think of them. I I like that better. I'm going to say uh, Danny Brown for Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Brown has just lost his mind up in space. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Mm, I'm gonna say Matt Damon is J. Cole. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> they get there and they just immediately regret it. <laughs> uh. Casey Affleck, Tom, uh, that's going to be Joaquin Phoenix when he had his rap career. That's a loophole. (laughs) It's like you can't pick Jamie Foxx for this either. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Oh man, now I want to pick Jamie Foxx for this. Uh, Tars is going to be voiced by Action Bronson. (laughs) Okay. Anne Hathaway's character I'm going to put as Drake. (laughs) <laughs> because of because the love aspect she's hiding a loved one from everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright alright fair enough um hold on hold on okay Kay. um I gotta make sure his name is right but I have one for the Michael King okay um let's see I gotta find the album I feel like it's easier to cast the side characters as rappers than it is the main characters. Because you don't have a lot of, like, personality. Like, the actors, the main actors having their roles and personalities fleshed out makes it really hard to put somebody else in there. Okay, uh, Michael Caine will be played by British rapper Giggs, who is on a Drake song. Is that the guy who makes all the sounds? Uh... No, but I, that's who I pick. Okay. Yeah. You're thinking uh, of uh, Bobby that, McFerrin. No, that's it's uh <laughs> Is that Dizzy Rascal? No, the guy that make that does your said the skip bop bop bop. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> something Shaq. It's, is it Baby Shaq? No. Oh. It's something like that. Yeah, so I okay. It's something like that. That's that who guy. I want. Yeah. Okay. Skip bop bop. <laughs> Just making those while he explains his equation yes. and sends Matthew McConaughey to space. Um Let's see. Who's the grandpa? Ooh, John Lithgow. Uh, Which I just shout out John Lithgow. I love that dude. Yeah. Also, got me very excited for Pet Cemetery. Oh, he's uh, in it. Yeah, he, so that's he's right. That's right. He's Jub Crandall. So we're gonna have even more Jub John Lithgow drinking on a porch. Let's see. Yes. I can't wait. Who is this? Um, I'm going through like my playlist to try to find. Try to think people. old rappers. Mm. KRS One, E forty, E forty, yes. All right, E forty yep. acres, E forty acres. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. Um, I think I think we have to call it there with Prodcast giving the forty water shout out. <laughs> uh, well, I got a couple. I wanna okay, try. okay. All right, so uh, I know we said we can't pick actors turn rappers. But rappers you said actors. that. Not we said that. Okay. You are the specific one on this podcast who set that rule. All right, so I have two. I don't know where we want to put them, but actually that could actually do a really good job in this movie. Ludicrous. Oh. And Common. Oh. Oh, man. Common. I'm going to make Common Matthew McConaughey. I think he's the only one with the actual gravity to okay. pull it off. All right. Gravity. Well, we all have gravity, Jeff. Right. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, who is Ludicrous? Ludicrous, I would say, is the guy that stays up, uh, we know when they go to the water planet, that stays up and does the math. Oh, yeah. Back yeah, up. okay. Where he's by himself for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind, kind of lost it a little. <laughs> yeah. 
you know who's another rapper turned actor? Most Def. Yeah, I I was also thinking Most Def. He'd be good. Um, Shaquille O'Neal. P Diddy. P Diddy. Yeah. Or whatever name you want to call him. Puff Daddy. Diddy. Sean Combs. Puffy. Sean Diddy. Puffy. Daddy I feel like Combs. we need to throw in Shaquille O'Neal because let's. I mean, basketball rapper and actor. Man, triple okay. threat. Replacing Tars. Action Bronson with Tara Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yes. Where no one can understand what you said. <laughs> and well, no, and then we can make the because uh, they had another Tars. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. and then we'll make the other one. Oh, because we can't. No, never mind. I was gonna say we can make the other one. Ooh. Chuck or Charles Barkley. <laughs> but you know another rapper turn actor, Ti. Oh yeah. Ti also professor. Ti in the Michael Caine role. Yeah. Yes. yes absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're done. Let's let's move into ratings. Jeff, your rating. Um, I'm really stuck on this one because uh, I liked this movie, but it is really long. Um, so I, I think I'm at I think I'm at a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. Um, I don't know that I'm gonna watch it again soon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think that happens a lot with Nolan movies for me, but. I don't know. Like I like I rewatch Nolan movies all the time, and this is one that I just feel. I don't know if it's because it's so long, mm-hmm. but like I just don't think I'm gonna be in the mood to watch it anytime soon. Also, I feel like not that it's like. I feel like more of this movie is expected than some of his other movies, aside yeah. from like the Matt Damon reveal, which two pods in a row where there's a a a lister reveal in the middle <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, but like aside from that, like. You know they're going to leave the planet. You know they're going to go on an alien planet. You know there's a rescue mission. You know some mm-hmm. shit's going to go bad in space. So there's like, aside from like the final one where he plays with time, I feel like that's the only part of this movie that's like unexpected. Yeah. I too had it as a seven. Um, this was a movie that I think I liked a lot more originally um, because, you know, like all those twists and turns were fresh. And it wasn't, this was my third time watching it, I think. So by now it was kind of all, like I knew every, I knew what to expect the whole way through. So it being three hours long yeah. really like yeah. made the movie worse for me at that point. I could see Because that. it's like, okay, just get on with it, you know? Right. Especially in the beginning. Cause I feel like the first getting, getting to space takes almost too long. I wanted more of the action. Like, I would have liked, like, another planet to explore. Jungle planet. Sand. Sand. (laughs) It's rough. Horse. Gets everywhere. (laughs) Irritating. Uh, So this was my first time watching it, which I think is going to be kind of reflected in what you guys were saying. I gave it an eight. Uh, So I think it is one I wouldn't like as much on a rewatch just because of the middle, the middle can drag if you've already seen it, I imagine. Uh, but also it's hard for me to give anything less than an eight if it manages to make me cry. So I cried watching yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, at the very end when he sees Smurf again, when she's old. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and not uh, look how old you've become. <laughs> I teared up a little bit too. The, and I think that benefited a lot because the the playing with gravity tesseract scene did not do that, but it made it was very powerful. But it didn't make me cry. But then 
the release of him seeing her again at the very end, that got me. So I I will give it an eight. Can we talk talk about the lack of security NASA has that he can just steal a spaceship (laughs) and go to whatever planet? Yeah. Well, they're putting all their money in corn. They don't have any money for cameras. I also think they're like... No, no, they put all their money in upside-down baseball fields. (laughs) Also, those kids have definitely played baseball before. If you hit it above the middle, you know it's going to break a window. Why would you not pick a different sport? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're kids and they want to play baseball and have adventures. They should play basketball. Run from dogs. The The gravity in that space station was really weird. Yeah. So what, you get to a certain point and it flies up. And it just keeps going. Yeah. So well, so it's a centrifuge. Uh huh. Um, so, so eventually, once it passes over the middle, it would if it, it crosses would, that gravity apex, would switch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So it's like so they hit it too high, and then it drops to them. Mm-hmm. But it basically, yeah, it basically. I don't know. All right. So who the hell is this movie for? What are some other movies that you would recommend uh, based off this movie? This one was tough because. I feel like we made the poll of all movies that we're alike. <laughs> so it's, I don't want to say, just look at the other movies on the poll, but... The Intern. Can you say that again, Prodcast? The Intern. I do love The Intern. Great Anne Hathaway movie. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen that one. Oh, what? oh, 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 okay. Okay. So I'm I'm like this. No, wait, hold on. Why? why? I don't know, because it has that, like, young person, old person aspect in kind of two different... Two different ways of how things were. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like, and Anne Hathaway, I feel, has this, I don't know, you like her character a lot more in this one, but you start out not liking her. So, I don't know. Um, Okay, so one thing I caught, you'll appreciate this. So, we don't learn her name until, like, the very, her first name, which is always just Brand, Dr. Brand. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm pretty sure that her, they dropped her name was Mia. In this oh. Amelia. Amelia. And isn't that uh-huh. one of her names in Princess, Princess Diaries? Princess yeah, Diaries. I thought so. That's cool. Interesting. Okay. Deep cut. Thanks. <laughs> so my... So you're saying Princess Diaries. So Princess like Diaries is one. <laughs> um, oh, and then I also had the first two Alien movies. Okay. More specifically, the first one. Yeah. Um, vainly, be- there's just a lot of similar elements. There's the deep sleep. They're, you know, on this big space station. Um, there's obviously not an alien that hunts them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know, I just, it just reminded me a lot of it. Okay. I am going to say 2001. Yep. That's gotta be yeah. one. It's very, very similar. You and can they, skip the first 20 minutes of the movie if you just want to see a space movie. But I, I like the first 20 minutes, so, you know. Just put it on, like, two times... Fast forward so you can still watch it happen. That's actually a great idea. You'll be fine because you'll get to watch the monkeys coming up to the slab for like twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, First Man is my is one of my other ones because it's it's such a good like family drama and like leading to him all the process that it takes for him to get off of the Earth and go to the moon. Gotta trust the process. <laughs> Neil Armstrong to the Sixers. <laughs> and I I am blanking a bit on a third one. So I might I might just go with two this week. That's fine. I mean the stuff on our poll was yeah. 
The Martian. Because the Martian well, would have been my other one. Arrival and... Yeah, actually, no, I will go with Arrival, uh, but I won't get too deep into that because it heavily revolves around the plot. But if you like this movie and like some of the choices that were made in this plot, yeah. you will like Arrival. Yeah. All right. Um, I think my only other one would be like Apollo 13, like stuff goes wrong in space okay. type of thing. Um, for an exploration movie, I mean, it's pretty tough um there's another one where they go start a colony aliens <laughs> game over man <laughs> uh i don't know i'll think of it later yeah so lots of good space exploration movies that have been made in the last couple of years for sure did you guys like prometheus like the alien Ish. But I, I could see the tie there, yeah. though. Yeah. Because that the ice planet reminded me a lot of that planet they end up on in Prometheus. I liked the... Okay, so it's Pre- Prometheus, Alien... Is it Covenant? Covenant. And then there was the new one that's... Covenant was the newest one. It was the newest one? Mm-hmm. Okay, Covenant's a lot better than Prometheus, I, I think. I agree. I liked it a lot more. Prometheus was, like, not... Well, it's it not really an alien movie. Yeah. It's yeah. more... But... They they should have just steered all the way into it with Prometheus. But, alas, they didn't. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more there. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Strange boast, but alas. <laughs> Alright. So, the plan for our next episode. Next week, we will be doing... Since we already had this planned... Uh, we weren't able to do much of a Stan Lee tribute, uh, but next week, Riley and I, Jeff, will not be here uh, because Jeff is not looking so good. I think he's fading away into dust. Something's oh, wrong. so good, Mr. Stark. <laughs> uh, but so Riley and I will discuss Infinity War. Uh, so really, really looking forward to that. Um, I know personally, I was a huge huge Marvel guy. Stan Lee was a really big influence on me, uh, just with everything he did with his movies and the comics and, uh, very, very influential as I was growing up. So, um, really sad that we have to do this, but glad that we have the opportunity to talk about him and kind of celebrate that legacy. So we will be coming to you with that next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bill Grubbs. Mm -hmm.